0: about to go live welcome to four game changers for black entrepreneurs I'm your host EJ Mayers here with Ross D and we're here to propel black entrepreneurship forward by sharing wisdom from the top down that changes the game from the inside out four game changers is more than a podcast it's a community where successful black entrepreneurs and luminaries share their wisdom with our tribe of up and coming black entrepreneurs. So if that's you, I'm talking about black entrepreneurs anywhere around the globe. Tune in and show up because this shows for you.
1: What's up, ladies and gentlemen, today on your episode of four game changers, we have Malik Woods, owner and founder of EIE, Enough Is Not or Isn't Enough. He operates as a coach and mentor to over 3,000 student-athletes. He currently works with over 20 professional ball players and helping them to accentuate their strengths and character. Crazy thing is, is that we have been moving in the same circle for years and never met. But I first met this young brother, and the first thing that stood out to me was how mature he was for his age. I admire you and how you turned your passion into profits with your business, acumen, and I consider you one of the premier up-and-coming leaders in your industry. So this is for Game Changers.
0: Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to the show. I appreciate y'all for having me. That's what I'm talking about. Enough isn't enough. (sighs) There's a lot to unpack just in that name in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Like, where did it come from? Um, Literally, it came from... For
2: one, a place that I really didn't have much coming out of high school. Um, Came from a vision of mine, just wanting to share what I learned out here in Atlanta with kids in North Dakota. You know, I went to junior college in North Dakota. Mm -hmm. Just saying that alone tells you that it was a journey right there within that story. Hold
0: on, man. They got black folks in North Dakota? Listen, they got got a few of us out there, man. You either out there to play
2: sports or you out there because you got stuck. You know, had a baby or something, but yeah. they out there. That's just being real. Okay. But uh, a time when I was
0: out there, too, was a lot of oil. But, yeah, we out there. We okay. everywhere. You know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, no right. doubt. No doubt. And strong everywhere. For sure. Okay. So, like, man, when I hear that that name, you know, like, I hear hunger,
1: mm.
0: you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, man, hunger is, <laughs> for some, man, it is the epitome of struggle for others It is the epitome of hustle. Right. Which is it for you?
2: Uh, It's a combination of both. You know, again, it came from a place where I didn't have much. You know, I I graduated high school with zero scholarships. So Mm -hmm. I actually had to play. I played a lot of basketball outside of the park. I was also kicked off the team two years in a row in high school, my sophomore year and my junior year. So Mm -hmm. I literally didn't have too much organized basketball in my uh teenage years, you know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of street ball. So from there it just created the hustle and the hunger. Uh mm-hmm. and it just the determination to just prove myself, you know, so it, Okay.
0: So so your road it wasn't it wasn't smooth. You talking man. about you know, high school, you know, most kids it's like, man, you know, they, they got really their road just laid out mm-hmm. for them. They got a bunch of scouts looking out, especially if they could ball. Right. You know, like your coaches has got all types of, you know, extras, incentives. They got everything pretty much set up for you. But it wasn't like that for you.
2: No, nah, it was far from it, man. Just moving from Newport News, Virginia, out here to Alpharetta, Georgia, that's where I moved to. It was just a – I call it my – I always say this, my life changed in eight hours. An eight-hour trip from mm-hmm. Virginia to Georgia – it was completely different worlds. You know, Where I'm from in Newport News, I always say it's a mentality within itself in our city. Mm-hmm. Then coming from there to go to Alpharetta, Georgia, which you around, you could just walk into the Kroger. You might run into Usher. You might, you know, down the street <laughs> to me, goes down the street. <laughs> Indeed. Now, it's not like my people's had money, yeah. you know. But again, when you're trying to do stuff for
0: your kids, you, yeah. you want to put them in that environment. So Okay. So this is the, your parents moved. Moves you down here, yeah, correct. You know, packed up the family, man. We we moving on up. We mm-hmm. we need a better place to to you know for our family to grow, to right. incubate, exactly. Okay, all right. So you were here in Alpharetta. You started like what year was that? Like what two? I came in two thousand six, two thousand seven. Okay, and what what grade were you in? I was in eighth grade. Okay, you were in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. All right, so now you balling here, mm-hmm. you know. You make the transition did you go to to college with it yeah well again funny enough you know i
2: graduated high school had no scholarships okay so from playing on the outside court every single day that literally was my league that was my high school career and so Mm -hmm. one day i'm just out there playing after i graduated and I'm drawing back and forth with a guy, and after the game, he like, you know, I can help you get to college. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever, you know. He like, nah, for real, I can help you get to college. So from there, he said his dad was the assistant coach at a junior college in Bismarck, North Dakota. Juco. Wow. Yeah, so told me to send him some footage. Um, I played my senior year of high school, but I only played half the game, you okay. know. So I didn't really have too much to offer, but I did have a highlight tape. So I sent my highlight tape to the school, and they said they're giving me a $3,000 scholarship. First team school ever that said anything like that. So I just Mm -hmm. took it and ran
0: with it. Awesome. Awesome. So now you have this, this ball career, right? I mean, obviously it was something that you were passionate about, playing ball. Yeah. Okay. At what point did you make the pivot? Like when you decided, like when did you know that, all right, in terms of my career, here's my peak here. Like I'm not going to the league, right? So now what do I do with it? (laughs) that's a funny question because ironically enough i literally
2: just finally gave it up i would say a month and a half ago a month and a half ago a month and a half ago and i'm 27 now the last time i played collegiate basketball i was 21 um but an injury caused me to stop playing so okay through that injury you know i've been building my brand from 21 to now i'm 27 so the last six years I've been still consistently training, but in the back of my mind, I always wanted to give it another shot, mm-hmm. right? So I finally got healthy throughout this time, and when the pandemic hit, my my mind was all over the place. You know, I can't use the school gyms, I can't use the recreation, but I'm finally feeling healthy. So mm-hmm. I gave it another shot. You know, I, I actually went all out. I was running five miles a day which I always say was the easy part. Passion. You know, that was so easy for me, the five miles. The other part was hard, the strength, to make sure I get my rest, making make sure I take care of the body. So mm-hmm. I literally just gave it up, you know, finally. And I could feel at peace with myself because I know that wasn't just my first time trying. I had tried again in 2017, tried out for the Memphis Grizzlies, which just, you know, giving my all to basketball, like you said, is mm-hmm. my passion. It never felt like work. It never felt like, I honestly don't feel like I ever worked, you know, a day in my life. And that's mm-hmm. something that's big about making your passion uh, something that's your business. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just gave it up, man. Honestly, like a month and a half ago, uh, got a little tendonitis in my knee yeah. and said, you know what? I got the ankle injury, now as tendinitis. I want to walk when I'm older, you know? I can mm-hmm. still coach in for the rest of my life. The ball was going to stop regardless. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, just put it down, but I'm okay with that 100%. So it's
0: since 21, mm-hmm. okay, so you got this injury. Correct. When you were 21, mm-hmm. you still had the dreams of of going to the league. Mm -hmm. How did you like, how did you start your business? Mm -hmm. And I mean, what was it that made you decide, you know what? I I can turn this thing that I'm doing, even while I'm on track for this dream. Like, how can, how can I now pivot and use these assets that I've created this, this training that I've learned how to do, like, how do I, how do you now take, Something that has been passion that you do for free, that mm-hmm. you do in the park now and turn it into something that puts money in your pocket. Well, again, you
2: know, it started when I was nineteen. So when I graduated high school, had that opportunity from the guy, you know, he was telling me, Hey, my dad is the assistant coach in North Dakota. Would you mm-hmm. want to go there? Well, I go anywhere. I just want to play mm-hmm. college basketball. So I went out there, never visited the school, knew nothing about it. Who does know about North Dakota, you know? Mm-hmm. And so after my freshman year, After all those trials and tribulations I went through in high school, I became a junior college all-American. So my sophomore year, when I went back, because all I wanted was an opportunity, right? You Mm -hmm. know, I got kicked off, whatever. Got didn't really have an opportunity. Give me a chance. I'm gonna prove what I could do, and Mm -hmm. I did that. You know, I didn't even know what, truthfully. I was green to a lot of things. Like, I didn't know what All-American was. I just know, hey, they told me, hey, you know you want All-American. I'm like, word? All right, cool. Really didn't even know what it was. You know what I'm saying? So then my sophomore year, when I went back, I'm like, man, I want to, I don't know, I just became this business guy. Like, I grew up around it. My pops was, owned a barbershop at 20 years old. My grandfather owned trucks. My mother was a cosmetologist. My grandmother owned a beauty shop. My grandmother sold uh dinners in the hood, you feel me? Wow as a so real yeah, big pedigree. Yeah, I seen it. My, my yeah. cousin does there, you know. I seen it my whole life, but sometimes you don't know what you're around and really what you learning mm-hmm. until you get older, you know. So it's mm-hmm. like as I got, you know, my sophomore year, I became like this just super business guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I want to really teach kids how to train. Because I never learned in Virginia. We just hoop. Mm-hmm. But out here in Atlanta, it's real big to train while, you early, while you're younger. So I um, wanted to do that. Did that my sophomore year. And then I realized, okay, <laughs> again, funny story. I realized I really enjoyed this so mm-hmm. much that I called my parents and said, look, I'm about to drop out of college. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I just Whoa. want All-American my freshman year, right? Mm-hmm. And now I finally get to a point where I'm hooping. I say, I want to drop out of college. I'm going to church three times a day or three times a week. Something new for me. I started learning about the spirit, you know, mm-hmm. learning myself. And so one thing I love about my parents, you know, credit to them, they never tried to deter me from dropping out. They mm-hmm. said, if this is what you want to do, go ahead. Because they know if, I put, if I'm put going to do it, I put thought into it. So thank God I didn't drop out, though. <laughs> <laughs> thank God I didn't because, you know, I, I so, did have success. Oh, go ahead.
0: To When you were going to drop out, yeah. drop out to do what exactly? I said God want me to train kids,
2: and that's what I really felt. I don't know what it was. I ne- I didn't get that feeling from basketball that I did when I was working with a kid. Wow. And I was actually doing that while I was playing. You were doing that. So you had camps. Were these your camps or were these other people's camps it that was, you were involved in? It was training at the time. It was training. Okay. You know, I was at the YMCA. Actually, I started posting Team EIE crazy. Nobody knew what I was talking about. I started mm-hmm. getting people literally stopped following me on Twitter, Delete me off facebook like what is he talking about team eie team eie so then it just went from that so a lady said hey do you work with kids do you want uh do you work with one-on-one sessions i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. so i started training her son but while i was there i seen a little girl who was with her dad training i'm like dang she kind of good you know Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't know but it's a lot of native americans that's in north dakota you know Mm -hmm. so real reservations um out there and but we were in the city so i saw her training i'm like listen you know, I don't know, you know, what y'all got going on, but here you go my name Malik Wood. At the time I had business cards, already. my bi- already. It was magnetic magnetic business cards. It had enough isn't enough team uh Juco All-American Malik Wood. But you got to remember I grew up seeing that. My mother had business cards. My mm-hmm. pops had business cards. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't foreign to me like yeah. to see that. But I got the business cards, got it. He was like, "Man, John Barry Hill. Shout out to John Barry Hill. A- Ariana uh Barry Hill. She was in the 4th grade at the time." He said, man, you're doing so well with her, I want you to train my whole team. So that's wow. where it started, you know. And y'all can go check these video wow. videos out on YouTube still to this
0: day. So what year was this? 2012. So 2012, mm-hmm. you were videoing the process. Yes. Exactly what you were doing with them. Mm-hmm. And when we when you talk about training... OK, some people can take training to mean like, man, you just out there hooping. But you're talking about skills training, right? Correct. Specific skills for the specific position. Mm-hmm. We're talking we're not even talking about specific skills for the specific position, but we're also talking about mentality. That, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and understanding the process. Right. Like which athletes do you look at and say, man, they understand the process, like you understand the process. They're in love with the process, like you're on you're in love with mm-hmm. the process.
2: Well, God rest the dead, my favorite player ever was Kobe Bryant, you know, for sure. If anybody understands Kobe, they know how disciplined, how detailed he is. And I'm 5'9", but I tried to play like Kobe. Then mm-hmm. my second player was Allen Iverson. You know, Allen Iverson, I would say, he, he had to go through so much turmoil, and we from the same city. He did. So it's like having somebody like him make it to that level, you feel like you can make it. Yeah. I know the streets you walk. I know what school you went to. I've been mm-hmm. around that environment. So, those two man, you know, just the resilience of Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. and because everybody know what he went through to get to where he, you know, he's at now or where he went. And yeah. then just Kobe Bryant, man, just wanting to be
1: touched on that a little bit more. Like, what is it about new? Was it Newport, Newport News? Newport News, yeah. and they say Newport bad news sometimes, right? <laughs> Bad news. Yeah. What is it about it that, you know, like you guys birthed some of the greatest athletes in the history of sports? Michael Vick, yeah. Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about cities like, you know, Newport, Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you talk about the mentality, yeah, it could be toxic at times, but also it could push you to, um, I mean, limits that are like unheard of. So what sure. do you think about that? Uh Leave it to
2: Pharrell. He says something in the water, right? <laughs> so that, that could be something, right? So, but I, I honestly think it's just you know, you you have a lot of people who are in a small city. But it's a lot of people, right? And so I always say, for me, I think the PD, which is the Peninsula District, is one of the greatest areas to play sports as a child because I, I talked about it earlier, that mentality, it's already there. You feel it. You know what it is. It's almost like when you go somewhere, that energy, right. You you don't have to – Understand where you at But you know Something is different right here So mm-hmm. I think You growing up in that You feel that You gotta be tough There's no weakness There's no I mean If you weak You gonna get eaten alive And that's just real talk on You got to And so then It's just like I, I realized as an adult You know That's a military And retirement state So I didn't know that Growing up You don't know that So you know You might have People who just Also from other states That migrated to Virginia Let's not forget It's the first slave state Mm. So you can come back You can also go to that depth And say you know what It might be something really That's a whole energy vibration That's going on there That we don't even know about So just when you competing in sports I know a kid like myself And like and so many others It's like It's win at all costs <laughs> If I don't win we fighting if, I, if we ain't fighting Like you know It can go some other places Which you know We don't never want to do that But it's just the reality Of what it is And so it's like That mentality is Already in you, and the win it all cost thing is is the realest thing, which is is I feel like what I try to teach out here. I don't say win at all costs, but if you saying you want to go somewhere, your play and your work ethic got to
0: match that. If it don't, it don't really make sense. Right. You just talk up on that. Like that, that's a major key, major key. Yeah. If you want something, if you desire something, right, your dedication. Your drive, Mm -hmm. your grind, your hustle, like your behaviors need to match your beliefs. Correct. And if they don't, that's why you're not becoming what it is that you want to become.
1: For sure. And you have to believe in yourself. Like, you know, I have family that grew up in Flint and, you know, whatnot. And one of the things about these small cities is that when you put your dreams and stuff out there, most of the time, your friends and the people that you think are your friends are hating. They're going to say, hey, it's not going to work. That's a horrible idea. Why did you come up with such a dumb idea? And you had to put all of that noise, no, on the outside and say, look, I don't care what you think, what you say. I go in all in on myself and I'm going to make it in that mentality that it doesn't matter what other people think. Mm -hmm. I think it drives it as
0: well. Man. Yeah. Listen to this, man. Never trust your big dreams to small minded people. For sure. I want y'all to really get that, man. You know, like you've got big dreams. You see it. It Like all of the people that can't see it, it wasn't for them to see. God didn't give that to them, to you. They gave it to you. So you have to nurture it. You have to grow it. Everything that's in you got to be in alignment. If you see yourself in the league, I don't care if you, you five foot one, right? Don't let anybody tell you that you can't be there, man. You, how many people told Spud Webb he couldn't be there? How many people told AI that he couldn't be there? Millions, you know, how thousands. many people? and even if, right, your dream falls a little bit short of where you thought it would be. You see what I'm saying? It, passion, right, should drive you into something. Passion is what you are willing to suffer for. Do you think you suffer for your passion? Like were there were there some times where it was like, yo, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean you you will question yourself. Don't get
2: me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I, I watch a lot of documentaries so I really learn from, you know, experience and then also, you know, what I what I what my boys say, I'm selfish with my ears, right? Mm. I'm really selfish with my ears. What I'm putting into my brain, I'm, I'm real selective on what I'm listening to, especially now. So definitely, you know, you're going, you're going to question yourself sometimes. You're going to doubt, you may doubt sometimes. That's why it's important to always remember on this journey to learn yourself first. Because, again, what y'all are saying is my quote is, never let somebody tell you what you can and cannot do. And the reality of that is they may say that for real because... Either A, they mm-hmm. never seen it or they just truly don't believe it's possible, which is fine because let them do that. Like you said, like they that might be small minded or it's just like they just can't they can't understand how you think it's so big. You know, again, mm-hmm. like I've been thinking big my whole life. So it's not foreign to me when I have another idea or something and I, and I mention it. But what you do got to learn is as you get older or if you can learn it now. Don't share your dreams too much, you know. If you 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 might have people, or again, you trying to, you know, express how you feel, thinking, oh, they got love for you, mm-hmm. and then they shoot them down. You feel some type of way. It's not that they don't agree with you; they just don't understand. And so, just hold that and find those like minded people, because those are gonna be the people that might can spark another idea. Oh, hey, oh, I like that. Maybe
0: you should do it like this too. And then mm-hmm. y'all can just dialogue with that. Mm-hmm. So, you got a chance. To work with young kids and you did this like did the young lady that you you know you started off with you had one client you brought her on Mm -hmm. you know um was she a paid client at that time yes a second i was charging five dollars an hour bro okay so she she was she was a paid client it wasn't crazy nope but she was a paid client exactly there's a key there, right? Everybody, some people start off and they're like, yo, I'm going to charge this. I'm worth this. But they never even get clients into the door, out the gate. But Correct. you decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer something, at least something. I'm going to get right. something of value in exchange for the value that I'm giving to these yeah, kids. Right? I was just
2: trying to prove, like, I'm not about the money. Okay. I really want to show you, like, this is, I want to do this.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. So when you got the whole team on now, mm-hmm. what'd you charge them? $5 a person. $5 a person was consistent about it. At what point did you start raising your prices? I would say once I felt myself getting better
2: and once I moved the, the business back to, I always say we moved headquarters back to Atlanta because, you know, I was only out there for a few years. Okay. Um, so then when I came back out here and I really felt myself getting better and I wanted to make this my lifestyle and a living, I said, okay, not only do I want to charge more, I have to. You know, So it becomes mm. a point in your life where you realize,
0: I have to do this you know in order to make this work did you look at your your cost of living like what it would take to live the lifestyle you want yeah and then from there mm-hmm. like what was the process of coming up with your new price so uh
2: just when i first started it was man i'm charging these clients this much this much but i don't see no money one-on-one uh one-on-one session, right? like, okay. i don't see no money like i, I get fifty dollars or session right but i don't see no money Mm-hmm. So then I said, ah, okay, I'm paying attention to what everybody else is doing. I gotta charge monthly packages. So then I said, if I and I started, you know, brainstorming, if I get this many clients for this much monthly, now I just gotta honor my commitment and say I'm gonna be there when I say I'm gonna be there. Mm-hmm. And that that's where it started. But in the beginning, I just really couldn't figure it out. I couldn't see no money. But you know, again, through research, asking other people, you know, what are they doing, and then just, just. You know, through silence, you find your greatest answers. So Mm -hmm. I really put some thought into it.
0: Okay. Okay. And the market responded to that. So You figured Mm -hmm. out your price. Right. You were able to demonstrate your value and not just, you know, not just talk about it. Right. Right. Not just say, man, here I am. I'm the brand. I'm the All-American, so on and so forth. But now I want you to watch my students. Right. See their progress from here to now increasing in skill. Right. Right. Because they're following the process that I'm putting them through. Mm -hmm. Right. So now you're finding an increase in value over time. You found a business model. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is now you're charging packages. Right. And this is for individual stuff. Right. At what point did you add in camps? When I went to
2: a scout focus camp and I seen how they did it and I said, I can do that. (laughs) I'm the person that you can't show me something and I'm just going to walk away and just feel like I can't do it. That's just Mm -hmm. not me. So when I was seeing it, I was tripping. I was blown away like, yo, I can do that. Mm -hmm. I literally can do that. And so I went back, went to the drawing board again, and I said, you know what? I feel like if I do my own camp, people aren't going to come. Now, this is a lesson that I learned. You shouldn't think like that. You know, if you're putting in the work, you are the value. You are the commodity. But what I did is I said, I think I need an entity. I need somebody that the kids will like. And a that's bigger name. A bigger name, which, in reality, I, I ended up bringing someone on board who's still my brother to this day. You know, I shout him out, Vinny Bailey, who plays overseas. Um, mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, Vinny, I'm going to do a camp, and I'm going to put you as the face of the camp. Now, the camp was lit. I had like 50 kids my first camp ever. Mm-hmm. Like, 48 of the kids only came because they knew me. Wow. So that was my aha moment of knowing you could do your own camps, you know, mm-hmm. because, again, he's an overseas basketball player, which when you're playing overseas, you won't have a fan base in America like that. Agreed. You know, so and we went to high school together. It was something that I just kind of wanted to do, and I thought I needed it, you know. But, again, the kids knew me. And so when that happened, it was cool. You know, we broke bread. I honored my commitment, you mm-hmm. know, gave so, him his portion, gave me mine. And, and that's what I did. But, you know, from there, I really learned again, I could do this now with my name on it. And so that's what I started doing,
0: camps with myself and putting my brain on it. Okay. That's a real powerful, another powerful lesson there. If you have an idea for a thing, try it. Mm-hmm. Whether you succeed or you fail, there's a process involved here, right? So... You know, I was I was discussing with, you know, one of my my, my good partners, Rick, we were talking about um, failure, mm-hmm. failure. The meaning, the etymology of failure is to be missing something. So in almost any process, especially the, the scientific process, you actually want to fail very fast. Mm hmm. And find out what you're missing, so that now you can put in the correct pieces to get it correct. Right. Most people are afraid of failure; they're afraid to try. And when you have that mentality and that belief and that mindset, like you sabotage yourself before you even get through yeah, the door. Second guessing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a like part of the process for success is failure. To find out what you're missing, mm-hmm. then fill it, fill that need, right, and then you succeed. Right. First, the process, then comes success. But failure is a part of the process. So that's not saying you failed; it it worked, right? right? But you also noticed that you know what? Here's what I'm missing: I'm missing the fact that you know what? I am enough. And let me take <laughs> you back on that.
1: You mentioned earlier that you um. You've seen some things, but it didn't resonate with you until you got a little bit older. <clears throat> so growing up in the household, you know, you mentioned that a lot of your family members was entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. What was some of the principles that stood out? Because I know as a business owner, every business owner goes through ups and downs. Right. So what was some of the things that as you got older, it started to click from just watching your. As far,
2: as far as like the struggles or just in general. Entrepreneurship as well as the struggle.
1: Oh, I saw, you know,
2: they had the freedom to pretty much move when they wanted to they were they were at my games they were at practice um that that's huge you know because sometimes we know through working a nine to five or working for a corporation you know you can't really do what you want to do so that's one thing I noticed for sure I never felt like there was they weren't accessible you know so that was huge uh also you know um if the if it was a lot of failures, you know, truthfully, I really probably didn't see it. You know, I just always seen the hunger. The again, like my grandmother, I always speak on her too because she didn't have a quote unquote LLC or nothing like that, right? But every barbershop and beauty shop knew Jeanette has dinners today. <laughs> we gonna get, and you're not just getting a regular plate. You getting crazy T-bones. You getting whatever you know whatever you know you know on. what's going on yeah, you. so you' getting all of that so it's just like I didn't really see too much of failures I just seen resilience you know like over and over you know my mother had worked at a few different beauty salons my, my pops he uh owned a shop then he worked at other barbershops so it was like I really didn't see too much of it I'm sure they had it but again it's like when you're an entrepreneur, like you spoke on, you know, failure is given. You know, that's something that's going to happen Um, I also wanted to piggyback on success You know, uh, I just, I'm reading this book uh, From John Wooden right now And I'm, don't quote me word for word What he said, but That's the coach of UCLA Yes sir, most all-time winningest coach ever, right? And so, what his definition of success is Basically knowing that you've done Everything in your will to be the best That you were capable of becoming, right? So he said, nobody knows if you were successful Or not, except for you because you only know how much you put into it. Now we all as humans, you know, you feel somewhat unsatisfied if you know, dang, I could have done better. One thing I learned about myself is if I can look myself in the mirror after every single game or anything I done and said, man, I tried. I really really tried. Like I just spoke on with this basketball career, I really really tried. It was a part of me that knew I didn't go all out. That's why I kept trying. So when I went all out, it's like, man, I'm good. <laughs> I'm straight, I'll never have to try again Because I know I tried, that's success Some wow. people could look at that and say That's failure, that's not failure for me I really tried So it's like, you gotta look at yourself in the mirror And be able to say, you know what, I really went all out I did everything I could I asked questions, which a lot of people At my age don't do, you know, mm-hmm. we think we know stuff But I've learned this from my grandfather Which I think saved my life At 18, 19 years old Because I wasn't the guy that listened I didn't listen, I thought I knew everything be slow to speak and quick to listen, and so when I get in moments where I'm gonna say it again, be slow to speak and quick to listen. So when I got in moments where I was about to say if you were talking to me, and I'm I'm that kid that I already know what I want to say back. So I'm kind of listening, but I'm ready to respond. I catch myself and be like, yo, be slow to speak, quick to listen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tell myself, like, and that's how I yeah. learned so much, man. That's how I really learned so much
0: wisdom. Yes, for sure. Indeed. You know, I I tell many of my clients, man, either listen to K N O W mm-hmm. or listen to N O. You gonna listen mm-hmm. to one of them, right? You know what I'm saying, right? So you best be listening to know. You know what? Where the other person is coming from, what they really care about, so on and so forth. Many people don't listen to the market. They have a great idea. They have a great concept. And they like, man, everybody gonna love this. Yeah. But they never ask, what do you really need? And then listen. Huh. Just shut up. Mm-hmm. Just listen. What part of this process are you struggling with? What do you need help with? All right. Where do you feel like you're coming up short? Listen for the pain. Listen for the jobs they have to do. Listen for the pain that they have if those jobs don't don't occur. Listen to what they have to gain if they do the job right, right? Mm-hmm. And then from there, you fit your product with that. That's called a product-market fit. And when you have it, you have a real MVP, a real main prop value proposition. And that's where you win. That's where money is made. Right. right? Somebody right. is going to say, man, you could take me where? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you listen. You listen to them. You listen to know, right? Mm-hmm. Powerful concepts, man. Real powerful concepts, and they'll tell you too, you know. you ask, they're going to tell you. Indeed. Exactly how they feel. You know what, we we talked about success, you know, and I you know, I think I believe I read the book by by John Wooden, and I'm I'm a real student of success. And we talked about failure. Failure is uh, the etymology. We're talking about the etymology, the original meaning of failure is what like to be missing something is to fail mm-hmm. success is what comes after that's the etymology of success. All right. So a lot of people, we talk about what success means to us individually. Right. But like when you think about what you just said, it's like, man, this is who I became. I became success. Mm-hmm. It was not just the destination or journey or like I, it's who you become after the process, right? After all of the work, after all of the effort, after all of the discipline or lack thereof. In all actuality, we are always, we, we've always produced an outcome. We never don't produce an outcome. Like there's never a case where you haven't produced something. Like there is always an after. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the level Of success right that you wanted to actually achieve Mm -hmm. right so now knowing that there are levels to it knowing that like right now um you can look into your business and say man i still have room right where are you on that journey to success inside of your own business right and where where do you see your journey like really being not not necessarily complete, but where would you feel satisfied? Right. Uh never. <laughs> you won't ever feel satisfied. You know, again
2: my slogan is enough, enough isn't, isn't enough. enough. You know, I, I, I said I messed around and motivated myself for life. But mm. that's a good thing, you know. Um and it's funny enough, I just told one of my students today who I, I've been working with, shout out to Jameer Smith. I'm giving all y'all shout outs, all right. Shout <laughs> so out now, Jameer Smith, I just told him who I started with him in the, uh seventh, eighth grade and I now he's a sophomore. I said, it's crazy because remember where we were f- four years ago. I'm 10 times better now. Literally, I just hit another a shift. Uh, I just went another level. Uh, and it's because I just became very clear and aligned with what I wanted. And I always say, you could be aligned sometimes, but now I'm in total alignment because mm-hmm. my vision is so clear. I'm so direct on what I want. It's not even what I need Mm-hmm. It's what I want now You know And so where I'm at And my success is like I, I literally today Was driving And I said It's funny I feel like I'm just starting And to say that mm-hmm. After 8 years Is amazing to me Because I know How much work I put into it And I say this on camera Because this is some real talk I think on Tuesday Or Monday morning I was driving to the gym I'm in the gym every morning by 5.30am I wake up at 4 And I said I literally was talking And giving thanks And I started crying mm-hmm. I don't cry I really don't cry. And I like couldn't stop myself from crying. I'm like, look, I got to get right before I get in this gym. <laughs> it was still coming, you know what I'm saying? And it was just me thinking about how far I really came and how much I went through. And I'm talking about when that type of emotion come over you, you can't control it, right? So it was like, it was real. It's nobody in the car. It's nobody around me. It's not like I'm doing it for no, in our generation, Instagram. Or this is real emotion. So, you know, it's like... That's again. I'm just say this and then go back. Like that's what character is built to. What you do when nobody is around, when nobody's looking. Don't just do things for Instagram and and social media, thinking that you know. Oh, if I post this, people gonna have this perception of me. You don't know what people think about you. So why even try to explain yourself? So build your character, and again, in a place of silence. So it's like where I'm at right now in my journey of success is I'm still learning. I'm still getting better. I'm still pushing forward. And I know right now I'm at a different level than I I can honestly say that I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just continuously climbing. I just started my program uh, with the EIE Hoyas. I got a fifth grade program, which this is something that's new. I never felt comfortable enough to go ahead and do it. But mm-hmm. now I say, you know, it's time. You know, I, I got a real clear, direct focus on what I'm doing. So Okay. Sounds distracted. like you got peace
1: of mind right now.
2: Oh, man. Super I'm peace. A super, super peace. I finally figured it out of, and I'm still going to have to figure out more because I'm only at this stage. I'm, I am figured it out at this stage, though,
1: what I want to do. So everybody that's out there, everybody hasn't played like collegiate sports, but let me tell you something about collegiate sports. I never played, but I know the level of discipline that it takes. This man just said he wakes up at 4.30 in the morning every day. He runs five miles. Having that discipline – allows him to actually have freedom in his life, peace of mind and all of that. But um, question, did you have to put in more or less hours when you came back to Atlanta to start developing your business versus when you were actually playing ball? Like, did you have to turn it up as far as like the level of discipline or?
2: Uh, I would say probably equal. You know, nobody really knew me as far as when I first started training, they knew me as the basketball player. You know, that's completely different than you're working with my kid, you know. So, same thing coming out here to Atlanta. It's like, all right, who are you for one? But what I will say is I did have a good circle of people who, who really helped me out. Um, people who, like kids who already had talent, you know. So, that's one thing. I'll never say I made a kid anything. You know, I helped manage that, you know. Because if it wasn't for their parents, they wouldn't even be the people who they are. So, right. I think when I came back here, this circle – Again, going back to your circle, like-minded, right? I I had a circle of people who wanted training. Opposed to in North Dakota, I was trying to start a whole business. So it was a little different. I think the discipline side was definitely different as well because I was playing basketball while I was training. I would leave practice and go train while I was in North Dakota. In Atlanta, Mm -hmm. I'm focusing all my energy on this. But... I'm broke, so I still try to figure out how to get money other ways, too. So it was like, I don't know, it was weird at first, but I, I figured it out. I think the discipline side, it just was on both, you know, so that's pretty much it.
0: Okay. You know what I, I see, you know, when when you were explaining about, you know, really it being, you know, reaching a plateau or not necessarily a plateau, but a mountain peak. Right, and then not still feeling like you were not done. When you climb up mountains like that, you can see much further, mm-hmm. much clearer. Like when you start at the bottom, it's like all you could see is the bottom, all you could see is the trees. And then once you start getting up, and then, man, I could see much further now. Like the view gets much clearer at the top, for sure. And then when you looking around, and you begin to realize wait a minute, there go another mountain. Mm -hmm. And that's the one I really wanted to go Mm -hmm. up. Like that's the one I wanted. Now I see it. There was no way that you could have seen it without taking those first steps. Never. So in each step, right, that we take and that we successfully traverse like the mountain, each, each level of that mountain, we now can see further. We can see clearer and, You know, things just things that weren't even apparent to us before now start coming into into light. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of the business model that you have now created and you've cultivated, you know, it seems like now you are creating new mountain, you know, mountain peaks. You're like you're creating new opportunities within your business model as of right now. You know, have you figured out? The, I guess the streams of income That are are available To your business now Yeah you know, There's
2: so many different ways In basketball And one thing me and my One of my guys Was talking about before Is you have to figure out Your lane In this mm-hmm. basketball where You have so many different lanes You can be a coach You can be a trainer You mm-hmm. can be a program director uh, You can You can um, Train individuals You can do Small groups So you just gotta really And they're all different they're all different. Um, I will say I'm thankful that I have learned how to do multiple. I also have partnerships with certain companies. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a partnership with a gym, uh, two gyms actually. One is in the mall at Point Mall. Mm-hmm. One is at Red Line Athletics in Forsyth County. Uh, so you got so many ways that you can grow it, as well as building the brand. You know, I actually have my my brand right here on my on my shirt, which mm-hmm. is um, my e-commerce stores. We're, we're reopening on the 15th of this month so sell a merch sell a merch yep sell a merch and products uh so it's so many different avenues once you once you uh can figure it out but you gotta jump in first you know you don't know what you want to do at first you just gotta if you got an idea you know trying to test the waters you know figure it out so it's like with anything else but yeah, it's definitely uh i figured out my lane me personally i'm not a fan of large groups you know you got some guys out here who love to train 30 40 kids all at once. Mm-hmm. Me, I love small intimate groups because now I can really teach. And I always say this, you know, for those who don't know uh too much about basketball and training. Atlanta is like it's a it's a hub for training, right? So, it's a difference though between a trainer or I would say training and workouts. Some people think they get getting training, but really it's workouts. You go there, you get up shots, you might sweat a little bit, you're running around, cool. But are you tweaking the things that you really have deficiencies in? Or are you strengthening the things that you're actually good at? And so that's one thing that I say, you know, for myself personally, right? I think that I do a very good job of um, teaching the details of it. Where some situations, again, it might just be a workout, and that's just real. So parents mm-hmm. can—that's just me giving something for them to think about. And then I always tell parents again, if you do, if you don't feel like what you're getting is, you know, of your value, you know, do what's best for your kids. Like you have to do what's best for your kids, and mm-hmm. and that's something that they need to know as well. So um, it's, it's different. It's so many different opportunities in this in this basketball world. Powerful.
1: Powerful. So it's the fifth grade team. Is that like AAU or your?
2: So we're playing a few AAU uh, tournaments, right? Because we got to get established. we got to get our name out there. People don't know who we are. They know some of our players because they actually have made it to a a small level of success, if you will, where people know about them. Uh, But my vision is to have something totally separate from AAU, and I know it's going to take time. Um, So what we're going to do in the beginning, play a few tournaments— while still trying to go ahead and and create my vision of what I have, which is an academy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Overseas, they don't have AAU. They have academies. There's no such thing as AAU. So when they come over here, if you watch the NBA, it's rare that you will see a guy from overseas who don't have skill and don't have IQ. Mm -hmm. When in America, you got kids that make it to the NBA, ironically, and still don't know how to play basketball, still don't know how to have a left-hand layup. But you're a super athlete, you can shoot the mess out the ball or whatever your gift is. And Jump then once the you gym. get there, we now we're going to teach you how to play basketball. It's the same thing in football as well, or a lot of sports. If you're an athlete, they they might give you a chance and an opportunity. Oh, man, he's 6'6", six, six, can run a 4'5", don't know a lick about football. But that's mm-hmm. an athlete. Let me try to teach him. So, you know, that's the difference between overseas and, and America basketball. You rarely will see an overseas guy that don't have IQ. That, watch when you start paying attention to that. Oh, it's,
1: it's, it's real. Why? Because they're getting taught the correct way. Mm-hmm. It's not just go hoop. Question. So, yes. who's your uh, international sleeper for this upcoming NBA draft? Because you're a hooper, man. We have to get it to. For this upcoming draft? Yes, sir. Oof. So, Luca came out of nowhere. For sure. And took over the league. hmm. Who's the next Luca, in your opinion? I'm not even gonna lie, man. you asking the wrong one. I don't,
2: I don't really know. You know, I don't really know too much about uh I gotta get, you might, matter of fact, you might have fact, you're gonna make me pay attention even more. I don't know. That's a real, real, real honest. I don't know. But when I seen Luca highlights, I promise you, I knew he was gonna be good. Like, and there's some guys who I was wrong about. Sorry, I didn't think Trey Young was gonna be this good. Wow. And my pops was trying to drill me, like, nah, you crazy. If he's doing that against triple teams in college, Imagine we're here doing one-on-one with space. That's a very valid point. It's almost like Steph, man. Yeah.
0: People people didn't know out of Davidson, right, how he was going to change the entire game. Nah, I didn't think that. (laughs) I knew he was going
2: to be good, but not that. He changed the culture of basketball. Now you got kids coming out shooting from half court. (laughs) Come on, Steph. Don't (laughs) worry (laughs) about it. For real.
1: (laughs) Like Trey. Yeah. Like uh, Trey. What's the young little mellow? Y'all, man. He's the next generation
0: of Steph's influence. You know, sure. it, the idea behind, you know, mm-hmm. what Steph did, what Jordan did, what AI. Magic did, what Bird did, what AI did, like, like that is the spirit behind four game changers. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at that from a business model perspective, from a, a, a business owner, from an entrepreneurial perspective, these those who have come in and changed the game. You know, inside of their industry and inside of their lane and the same mindset. He came in and like that, dude, they they paid attention to where they had talent and where they had skill and they stuck to their main thing. Right. You know, you don't see them going outside of their lane trying to post up everybody. Mm You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, yo, that's not my game. My game is this. But not only this, I'm not satisfied with being what my dad was. I have to be more. I have to put in more. I have to You're become more. you talking about Dale more. Curry, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. about Dale Curry okay. here, right? I'm talking, well, I'm even talking about like our fathers and our grandfathers. Mm-hmm. And you look back, like my grandfather was the first black master plumber in New York. Mm. He was from Dominica. And he moved him himself Domin- and his Domin- not who? Dominica. It's is an it? island in the West Indies. Okay. Small island in the West Indies for those of you that is Shout beautiful. Out. You know, you can go over there and just you know grab fruit right off of the trees, man, mm-hmm. and wherever the seed drop, like a tree is going to grow right there because it's so fertile. It's a beautiful area. It's it's, it's got uh, volcanoes and uh, water. Man, listen, y'all gonna get <laughs> <give> me the... <laughs> man next week. I'm gonna be on location at Dominant Now. am playing, <laughs> you put that scenery out there. You know what right. i see it. But, <laughs> real real talk, like he moved from this island because there wasn't any opportunity you because right his because was man he wanted to create a better world and a better place for his children so he moved to uh, new york queens new york became a, a master plumber and started mayors and sons plumber plumbing and brought all of his boys over one by one mm-hmm. and established them in queens new york and he had his own business and he brought his brothers over and his brothers weren't plumbers one of his brothers was a, a a developer he built houses and the other one like they just had this relationship and right. they create created this community and my my great aunt you know r.i.p. aunt liz she she created uh she was a cook she was a chef and she created the green parrot in new york and they had this entire group in queens like that's mm. yo they had the the block t- yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you see what i'm saying yeah and it it actually skipped a generation cuz my uncles they didn't start businesses. So, you know, man, I, I knew I had something that was in me. I right. didn't see it all growing up. My dad, he was an electrical technician, right? I didn't see his entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where it came from for me until I began to digging into my grandfather and talking with my grandfather. Grandfather was, like, again, he was the OG, right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. He was the original one that came over and instead of Dreaming about it, made like it he made it happen. Yeah. You know, so to 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 feel that and see that, I didn't want to just stand on that and that be enough. I wanted to go beyond that. What you say, right? Enough? What? E- enough isn't enough. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Enough Isn't Enough. If y'all <laughs> haven't gotten a chance to go on and find my how man, do they find like you? how do they find you? How uh, do in- they connect?
2: with Instagram you? Um, eie sports. Um, you can go EIEsports.org I'm also starting This YouTube channel So You'll be able to um, Haven't started Figured out the exact uh, What you call it Name for it But if you type in EIE Or enough isn't enough We're gonna pop up Cause I'm gonna start doing A lot more blogging Things like that A lot of people kept telling me that Especially yeah. the kids You know uh, They like to For some who've really been Following me, my journey Since 2012 So mm-hmm. You know You can check us out Facebook as well I'm sorry I'm terrible with this but it is
0: enough isn't enough okay so you know what I I have an idea for you and and I don't know if you're doing this right now and I know you probably do this for your crew right which is breaking down their game Mm -hmm. right and finding out where they need work and whatnot but when you do your your YouTube channel you know you may want to also consider breaking down the games of other players in the league, All right? Right. And just, you know, taking, you know, whether it's high school, college, you know, NBA, professional, so on and so forth. But just like Kobe was doing the detail. All right. But do it through your process, right? And and identify certain things and utilize that as a product, right? And as a marketing tool. All right. Because yeah. as people are looking for experts in these categories, right, I mean it don't take much to once a week, right? Put that on your your agenda of, you know what? I'm going to break today we breaking down AI. And this is what made AI great and here's the detail. Here's mm-hmm. the here's the here here is the specific, you know, technique that you may be missing. Mhm. Right? I'm going to do that for could sure. Be, could be value. valuable. No, I'm going to do that for sure. That's what's up. That's
1: what's up. And also, you know, I think uh going forward with for game changers, we should invite everybody that we invite also asked them to bring their favorite book because you mentioned you're reading John Wooten, but um, what are some of the other transformational books that um, you feel that, you know, help mold you into who you are?
2: Um, I'm not be honest with you. I haven't been a big reader. Um, I've been a big person of watching documentaries. I'm I'm just really getting into it. I don't know. um, Just never really was into it a lot, but I will say find self-help books, you know, things that can boost either your mental um, one is I'm reading this, It's called Mind Power You know So it's like really trying to I'm really big right now On trying to Selfish with my ears Anything I put into my brain Anything I, I read I really wanted to make sure That it's helping me And getting me to somewhere Where I'm trying to get to Which is ultimately Continued success Right Continued growth So um, That's that's one thing I would say uh, I can't give you too many titles But I will say um, Maybe some Some Read some books about some people who you aspire to be like or be better than. So, you know, that would be helpful as well. And that's something I'm even talking to myself when talking to y'all. So, um, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Have have you read Think and Grow Rich? I have. You know what? I think I read it, but I don't know if I finished it. And I, and I remember starting it, like my pops put me on a few years ago. Uh, but that's one of the things that definitely sparked my mind because you are what you think, you know. Indeed. And so that when I When I real. hear
0: you and I hear you talking and and really, man, sh- dropping wisdom, um, Think and Grow Rich is one book that I think of quite often, and that's written by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? Shout out to Dennis Kimbrough. Dennis Kimbrough actually uh, wrote Think and Grow or co-wrote Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice, With Napoleon Hill. And, you know, he was one of the people that I first identified as just uh, what I would consider to be a luminary, especially in the area of thought, especially around success Mm -hmm. and how to succeed. So, you know, initially my mindset was, you know what? I actually ran into Dennis Kimbrough and I had a conversation with him. And, you know, I asked him, I said, well, Dennis, like, why did you write Think and Grow Rich a black choice? Like, did you. You know, like, did you think black people couldn't process and get, you know, Napoleon Hill's original think and grow rich? Mm-hmm. Why? Why does it have to be a black choice? He said, Nah, 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 nah. See, you got to twist it. It wasn't me who came up with thinking grow rich or black choice. It was actually Napoleon Hill prior to his his death. It was Napoleon Hill, and Napoleon Hill, he started writing it because he looked at our people, black people, and said, These are the ones who need it most. I'm gonna I'm gonna let that breathe just. Let a it marinate. I'm gonna let it breathe just a second. If you think about our mindset and what the war that has been waged on our mindset as a people, right? It, it, it like the the slavery embedded not only in our body but into our mindset. Marcus Garvey wrote, "Man, emancipate yourselves from." mental slavery none but ourselves can free our minds and what made that such a powerful statement is that yeah man we are connected we are literally anchored by the anger by the mentality of inferiority and all of those things and that's what Napoleon Hill saw so when he was approached um I I forgot who approached him he was a guy that was in the book that was one of the wealthiest people and you know he, he got approached uh, about co-writing this book and finishing Napoleon Hill's book. He said, you know what? You know, I first wasn't going to take it on, but when I got to thinking about how much our people really needed this wisdom, I said, nah, I gotta do it. Mm-hmm. So he said, nah, you got to twist it young fella. It, it, it wasn't me who originated originally thought of it, but I definitely jumped all in at the fact that our people, need to to hear from our people and see our the successes that are in our communities Mm -hmm. and you know what that was and one of the origins of four game changers yeah and i i really didn't even connect all of those dots even up until now yeah but I had that conversation and it left a powerful imprint on my soul. We, we, we talked for a minute. He signed a book. You know, we stay in contact. But when I tell you like our people mentally, when we begin to now realize that our behaviors are our belief in action and when we can control and when we can free our beliefs, our values when we can align those things with our thoughts and our thoughts now become the things that we for attract sure. man think? oh my gosh man it unlocks everything so if you haven't gotten that think and grow rich a black choice shout out to Dennis Kimbrough. powerful book is one that should be in every library for every black entrepreneur there are seeds of wisdom there that will go on you know, for turn, like they're true. No matter what decade that you are in, it's a powerful one. Go yeah, get that
2: one. Sure, and the John Wooden one is just the pyramid of success. You know, he talks about his cornerstones. So look that up as well. The pyramid of success, so many people still to this day implement that within business through um, so many different, again, sports. It's just it's it's
0: everything that you need to really just keep you grounded. So the pyramid of success, John Wooden another powerful powerful book man. this has been a great show absolutely man you know i love it when we we can get into the room with somebody who has you know such a powerful spirit such a, a clean and clear mind and and has an ideology and a philosophy on success you know and it shows it, it definitely shows man so thank you coach woods yes without this Coach Wood, Coach Wood, but i take
2: it <laughs> for sure. Right, I appreciate
1: man. y'all for having me, though, for sure, for sure. Absolutely. And you can check us out if you go to Instagram, search for underscore game changers. Again, that's four underscore game changers. We're on the gram, uh, Facebook. Just search for game changers. And also check us out on our website, Um, You can go on there and subscribe, and you'll get all of the latest news and updates. So make sure you check us out.
0: This is Ross D. Peace. E.J. Mares. We out.
1: Awesome.